Hey Jeeper, I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I've got some big recall news that affects tens of thousands of Jeep Wrangler owners here in the U.S. Are you one of them? Later in the show, I've got a little something for all you JK owners out there, so stick around. But for now, let's get into some Jeep news. Well, here we go again. I was hoping we could finish out 2022 with no more recalls from Jeep, but it seems we have a big one on our hands. <laughs> they were According too. To the NH- <laughs> <laughs> According to the NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, there is an unknown issue causing the engines of over 60,000 Wrangler 4XEs to just randomly shut down. These vehicles what? were manufactured between September 2nd of 2020 and August 17th of 2022, so check those stickers in your door jams. Those manufactured wow. before or after those dates are not impacted. The affected vehicles may experience an unexpected engine shutdown that results in a sudden loss of power while driving and increases the chance of an accident. You don't say. The components involved in the recall are unknown, and the root of the issue is also unknown and under investigation even though the cause is still under investigation and the parts or programming involved with this are also unknown jeep says that they have a patch of sorts ready to go sure that's our story and we're sticking to it and if you own an unaffected jeep wrangler 4xe you should contact your local dealer immediately to schedule the fix or so they are calling it anyways Jeep will update the vehicle calibration software in the transmission control module, hybrid control processor, and auxiliary hybrid control processor during the recall and reimburse owners who have had any out-of-pocket costs related to the recall issue, if they can provide a receipt, of course. Now, the manufacturer is aware of 112 customer records, 196 warranty claims, and 65 field reports that were potentially related to the recall issue during a two-year period between December 17th of 2020 and October 26th of 2022. So far, there have been two accidents and one injury potentially related to this recall. So this is kind of getting serious. Owners with affected vehicles uh, by this recall can expect a notice on or about January 12th of 2023. One word of caution here, though, Jeepers. Right now, there is no official quote-unquote stop-drive order from Stellantis, Jeep's parent company. But you should keep an eye on the NHTSA recalls website for updates. You can enter your VIN number there to see if your Jeep is affected. Of course, we'll have that link for you in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. So I have a question really quick. I thought part of this article was a lot of things I heard were unknown. If it's unknown, right. how can they have a solution or a fix for it? Just exactly. Makes, now you need to stop no all that. That's disinformation there. You're talking a bunch of nonsense. We can't be having that kind of stuff out there. So, oh, no. my gosh. Well, yeah, I, they, I, wonder if, I wonder if the patch is just the gas engine. Do they just pull out this <laughs> dumbass, like, electric thingy and just give you an old gas engine that like, your 4xe is now running. a diesel here you go <laughs> well and uh, you know what I, there, there's also the other issue this is a 4xe so you know that if you're running on the electric at some point the hours sort of come up right and you run out of electric power until you recharge so hours how does the driver know that that wasn't the case like it just you yeah. know whoops i should switch over to gas i i don't there's a lot of questions in here. Now, the, the, <laughs> Sorry, the, the, fix, the fix so far is adjusting the vehicle calibration software. I mean, Christ, how much calibration does the software written for the vehicle <laughs> need? I mean, shouldn't it already be calibrated? Shouldn't it already be 
I mean, programmed what for. I mean, time? you're not going to have you're not going to have a, a a town and country minivan processor running a 4xe Wrangler. What needs to be calibrated? For f sakes, why aren't these things ready to go? And how come they're just failing with software? And this is what well, I've been maybe. talking about all along. Because these, these goddamn software, the, these electrical engineers over at Jeep, they have software to run the fan and windshield wipers. Christ, yes. why can't we have a button, a switch, and a motor? <laughs> Done. Simple. Easy. You don't have so to have all these different you know, auxiliary <laughs> control processors to make the vehicle go and have it do things. No. All that is BS and, and Jeep, you should be ashamed of yourself for trying to, you know, have a computer control things like windshield wipers or transmissions. Tell us well, how you really here, feel, John. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? Here's another thought. So, it, you know, they had a chip shortage, right? So did they take some of these processors from other vehicles? And they oh, didn't I calibrate them? Okay. And I that's what happens? Part of it. And yeah, now this yeah, is coming. They, or oh, how about this one? Or they're just trying to find some kind of a quote answer. So they're quote covered liability wise in case something does happen. They don't. They don't know. Hey, it says right here we have no idea what's going yeah. on. We right. we try to fix it. It's not our fault. Yeah, whatever. It's your <laughs> it's fault. You put a, a a Pacifica processor into a Wrangler. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So if I hold some, the Wrangler up to my ear, I can I hear know. the ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some people are going to find out that they do have a Dodge Caravan processor in their four XE. <laughs> It's going to be freaking awesome, man. Like, dummy, you should have bought a gasser. Yeah, yeah check, it for a, right. check it for a 3.8, class action. You'll, you'll know. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a class action lawsuit in 10 years when, when somebody peels a sticker back and was like, I knew it! <laughs> they did the 60,000 recall because they don't know what the hell the problem is, but if they get enough, uh, enough vehicles in, they'll be able to uh, troubleshoot it and figure it out, you know? So that's your, oh, that's your answer. That's- it's That's what awful. it is. That makes sense now, Tony. <laughs> Are you ready? It's the Jeep Dog Show with Wimby. There will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's it's good for my soul. Chuck. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. That's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and I'm giving you a warning. Be careful what you say on your off-road radios. <laughs> oh, <laughs> heard that. be good. <laughs> this is Chuck, and I'm beat down tired, so I have nothing witty to say. Sorry. Hi, I'm Tony, and I found some things that you may not know about your Jeep Gladiator. Ooh. And now, back to the news. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Now, speaking of recalls, the NHTSA is investigating hundreds of thousands. Not hundreds or thousands. Hundreds of thousands of Jeeps for reports of an unexpected loss of power. No, this is not related (laughs) to our previous story. I was going to say, wait a minute, we heard This is a gas mileage improvement. There's some deja vu going on here. (laughs) Though not a a recall at this point, the current investigation could result in one, actually. The official probe, at least what they're calling it right now, probe, as they're looking into things, comes after Jeep received 15 complaints about the 2019-2020 Compass, which stated that the Jeep would shut off unexpectedly and display warning messages afterwards. Boy, that sounds like fun. 
The compass showed coolant temperature warnings, but would behave normally after the restart. But one owner reported needing a tow. Unsurprisingly, Jeep compass owners have taken to the internet to complain. One post saying the error messages are not related to an actual overheating event, but still caused their compass trailhawk to shut down. They said the issue happens at any time of day or night, is not affected by ambient temps or the vehicle temps even. Here is when where things actually get a little bit serious. In all the reports, they note that the compass shutdown issue would typically happen at traffic lights and while driving on the highway, stating that the vehicle temporarily locks up and can stop abruptly. Ooh. It's not hard to see how that could suck quite badly at highway speeds. Now, it's worth noting that the compass has not been recalled at the time of this recording. These investigations could result in a recall, which would then lead to a fix. But for now, NHTSA is simply just gathering facts. And they've got quite a lot to gather, considering this probe affects over 230,000 Jeep compasses. So I'm thinking the processors from the compass are in the <laughs> 4XE, and the 4XE ones are in the compass. Because there's no oh. way you could have two stories the same week, Josh, with the same you, issue. You like. No, you raise a very, very good point. That's, I, I mean, that's a good conspiracy theory. I think that is <laughs> worth sitting on the shelf and not ignoring for a little bit because there you may, oh, you might actually be onto something there. There could be a correlation here. I don't know. Uh, at least as far as I can tell, the NHTSA doesn't think so at this point. But with two hundred and thirty thousand different Jeep compasses to review and look into, they've got their work ahead of them. This isn't going to be something I think is going to be answered right away. This may uh, carry on for months. So we'll keep you guys posted and I'll let you know what happens about all this. So have you ever heard this one? The sun was in my eyes. Mm -hmm. It's the age old excuse. It, it always works because we've all been there, right? Look the wrong way at the wrong time and bam, Blinded by the light, oh, grabbed up like a. Oh, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> no, you are suddenly struck by the spirit of Manfred Man's Earth Band. The sun got in your eyes and you dropped the ball. You Sorry, missed coach. the putt. You didn't stick your line. You got hit by a train. You know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> yes, I, I did say hit by a train. And Ooh. this one Jeeper actually lived to tell the story. 71-year-old John Williams Charbonneau of Forsyth, Georgia, was treated for minor injuries at the Monroe County Hospital last week after having a close encounter with a Norfolk Southern train at the railroad crossing at Tift College Drive. Now, typically, the only encounter with a train one would want is on board one of those swanky dinner trains where they wait on you hand and foot. However, this Jeep went in a different direction. John told deputies he didn't see the train due to the glare of the sun. As John moved through the crossing, completely missing the giant signs and the big red flashing lights marking the danger, his Jeep was hit in the rear by the train and pushed through the intersection into the eastbound median. Mr. Charbonneau is now back in his Forsyth home, nursing his wounds. His Jeep, however, it's going to be a complete and total loss. At least the old-timer has one hell of a story to tell and maybe a need for a new pair of sunglasses, too. And <laughs> I, I think shorts. most of those, well, most of those crossing <laughs> guards have sound. You know, you hear the actual ding, 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 dong, ding, dong, ding. Yeah, yeah. Now these didn't so, have the gates. Oh. This didn't have the the arms that come down and block traffic. So it was just the oh. red flashing lights and the big, huge, giant X signs. Sure. That, and mind okay. you, those X's are almost six feet in diameter. I mean, they're huge. You can't miss them. But yeah, this guy apparently so. There well, and is he is he new to the area? So, like, he didn't know there was train tracks there? That would be my other thing. 
Like, well, I mean, 71 years every old, day. You're, you're probably pretty much set, you know, you, you're not 71 years old and had just moved likely, um, you know, not, not typically okay. the, uh, age for common relocation, if, if you will. But, uh, but nonetheless, I mean, a possible, I mean, anything is possible at this point. Maybe so, the sun so, was in his eyes, you know, maybe so, it was just yeah, that, that I, hour of the day, you know, there's fi- this five minute window and you just can't drive down that street. So I'm thinking he's a daredevil and he, he almost made it. Next time I hit that skinny beer. Hold my beer. Yes. Hold my beer. I can uh, do it. Well, I, I wasn't. A on a, I wasn't I 70 so. when yeah. I did it, but uh, you guys remember Sarcy and Hutch where he would slide that uh, yeah. uh, red tomato oh, sideways yeah. on things? I did that to get, uh, get over the tracks on the train so I could get to uh, high school only uh, 45 oh. minutes late. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah. like when you're that uh, late, it's we like were, you're just I know, on it, man. I, know. I mean, well, <laughs> exactly. I've told this story before, but the the main crossing that I would normally go to to get to the high school, uh, the train was all, like already there, and there was a little uh, a couple of roads, uh, small roads that went alongside the track, and there was another crossing, another 200 feet maybe uh, from where the train was. So I just hauled ass. And hit the brakes, sliding, hit the the gas, and up and over the tracks as the train went by. My my daredevil daredevil neighbor that was with me was white. <laughs> he was so he was so scared, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh my god, that was amazing! I'm never riding with you again." <laughs> yeah, exactly. never, He's like, I'm never See, this is why this is why I got into trucks and jeeps and things because I, I mean I'll still do it, but I thought this would help me not do these things. <laughs> yeah, no, I was only like uh, seventeen, so you know it, it, things have gotten better theoretically. <laughs> Chuck, you ever taken a, a jeep a little too fast over some railroad tracks? Today, <laughs> no, uh, I'm pretty safe. No. Uh, oh. I, I try to keep everything like between the ditches and yeah, no, uh, uh-uh. this sounds just terrible. And I'm really surprised you guys are talking about it. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Don't, sure. don't try this at home. And especially if you're Bob, uh, two cheap Jeep guys. Oh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, 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 no railroad tracks, but definitely ditches. No, it's too flat where you are. And we got, we got a lot of hills out here. Railroad track crossings are called jumps out here in the Pacific Northwest. Yep. Well, I mean, flat means that's great sliding areas. So, Yes. Drifting. Yes. I was drifting before drifting was cool. I just realized. Oh, please. (laughs) Well, Jeeper, if you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, we love hearing what you have to say uh, about these or, or anything that you've heard here on the show. Be sure to let us know what you have to say, and you can do it by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You can find out all the different ways to interact with all of us here at the show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, when was the last time you told a friend about the 4x4 Radio Network? Wait, you haven't told anybody yet? Look, we've got stuff for all kinds of off-roaders there. It doesn't have to be just all Jeepers all the time, right? I mean, sure, that's great and everything, but, you know, there's other people out there, too, and they need different flavors of stuff. So, 
we've got the 4x4 Radio Network, and we have the On the Trail podcast there, Trail Chasers, the Center Steer podcast, the 4x4 podcast, of course, the Jeep Talk Show is there as well. It's the web's best collection of off-road shows. They're all great. They're all in one place, and they're all free. All you got to do is go to the number 4, the letter X, the number 4, and radionetwork.com. Be sure to tell a friend about the 4x4 Radio Network, and we'll see you there. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, noobie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Well, you gotta watch what you say on the radio when out wheeling. When we're out jeeping, we use the Baofeng UV 5G handheld radio to connect with other drivers in our group. We've used these when teaching as well as to help students navigate their drive. We recently purchased the Midland MTX 575 GMRS Micromobile radio so that we could make sure all the students, other Jeepers on our trail runs and special events could hear us. The handhelds are great, by the way. However, with the wheeling we do in the mountains or around narrow shelf roads and canyons, a lot of the time the rear Jeeps can't hear us. So the new bigger radio was installed and we were excited to try it out. And we did a new Jeep owner trail run with Redlands uh, Jeep just last weekend and was excited to use the new radio. All the drivers had the handheld units, and I also had one when I was out of the Jeep helping spot over difficult terrain. The MTX575 is mounted inside the Jeep, and we also purchased a larger external antenna to make sure we could reach out further. About a half hour into our Jeep run, another Jeep and a Toyota truck caught up to us on this single lane dirt road. As we made our way on the dirt road, we could hear them talking on the radio. Now, what was weird was that we could hear them on the handhelds, but not the 575 unit. Kind of strange. Now, as a newbie, you may not be aware that any radio you transmit on is not private, ever. And for experienced Jeepers, I'm sure you understand that the channel or frequency is not yours just because you paid a fee, um, like a GMRS or HAM. If you didn't know that it's not private, heed this warning. On our run, we hear the two off-roaders behind us saying things like, oh no, a mall crawler in front of us, and they shouldn't be on this road, and things like, they can't make it over anything out here, and so on. We tried to respond with a comment of, you know, we can hear you, but there was no response back from them. We found a wide spot in the road and let them pass. The jeeper gave us a wave, and they went on their way. I walked back and talked to each new driver about etiquette, apologized for the other Jeep's behavior, and continued on our way. I should let you know that on this particular run, one of the drivers is a sales rep for Jeep. Yes, that Jeep. Yep, she looked like a normal new driver in her shiny new Jeep just driving on the dirt, but she is a sales rep representing the brand. She was a good sport and simply said, it's a Toyota thing, I get it, and I had to laugh. At least she wasn't offended. Well... We met up with these two off-roaders again, at this, as this particular trail is one way in and one way out. Again, as we saw them approaching, we could hear their chatter when they saw us again. Mall crawler comments, along with other things like brand new shiny Jeeps are too nice to be on the trail, etc. Well, this time we were all out of our Jeeps reviewing a small obstacle I like to take the new owners through to show them how to use four low and that their Jeep is very capable of making the short hill climb. These two yahoos arrived and had to stop to wait while one of the newbies negotiated the small obstacle. So Bill calmly walks over to them and tells them, Hi, just wanted to introduce myself as the mall crawler you guys are commenting on. The driver of the Jeep didn't really respond until Bill said, You know, we can hear you on the radio. Every single word. 
We do, in fact, have new drivers, new Jeep owners, including a national sales rep from Jeep. Probably not a good idea to make comments like that on the radio since you're not sure who can hear you. At this point, the color ran from the driver's face. Bill made light of the situation and the driver and his teenagers in the back seat were starting to laugh. The driver apologized, said he felt really bad and was sorry. Bill did ask what channel they were on and they said they were on channel 5 on GMRS handheld radios. We were on channel 20. How the heck was it possible to hear them? They couldn't hear us, but we could hear them. We have had plenty of interference and other people on the same channels when we're out, but not on another completely different channel. It's called bleed over, and it happens when you can hear someone talking on an adjacent channel or another radio that has a really strong transmission signal. Or you just have an inexpensive radio, which our handhelds obviously are. Not really sure exactly what the issue was, but that's what we're figuring it out. So this is a great lesson for us as well. We teach newbies all the time, and sometimes we'll have other radios on a separate channel so we can talk amongst the instructors. We would never say anything bad about anyone, but we would discuss someone's setup and what line to take, or that they may need help with a certain section or obstacle. I learned that no matter how secure I think a radio channel is, someone is always listening. So when you're out on a trail run with others, be careful what you say and how you say it over the radio. You may think you are the only one in your small group and only your group can hear, but you could have some bleed over and who knows who's listening. <laughs> Heck, it might even be the president of Jeep. So guys, hey, Josh, have you ever had this experience where you've been on a radio and it's not the same channel and you could hear them? Yeah, I, I'm more common on CB, uh, especially back in the day, and especially when guys are running like the, you know, they pick something up from a garage sale or a swap meet, clearly an old trucker CB from like 1989 or something like that, been around the block a few times, definitely has had some modifications done, so they're trying to run like sideband and stuff when they're up on the mountain, and and of course this radio is probably putting out a few more watts than it probably should. Uh, maybe has some other modifications, and and they, they you get some bleed over and, and things like that, or you'll get some channel squash where where they just you don't necessarily hear them, but you hear some interference from them keying mm -hmm. up, which blocks right. out transmission of the channel that you're trying to talk on. So not necessarily, you know, picking up like an actual transmission, like the way the old school baby monitors used to back in the day when you could screw with people in drive throughs But, you know, it's um, <laughs> a little bit different. And, and of course, you can get some stuff in, in ham as well to a certain extent with, with stuff like Skip and whatnot. But Tony is way more versed on this, has probably had a lot more experience with this kind of stuff than, than I have since he's a, he's a big comms nut. Yeah, I was just going to ask you if it sounded very clear uh, whenever you were mm -hmm. hearing them, or if it sounded somewhat distorted, staticky. No, it was very clear. Then they were on the same channel you were on. They, and, and, they they, and they just didn't know. Well, just because and it says has a channel number, it really depends on if the unit was programmed. Uh, they could have uh, named it five and thought they were on five. They could have not. It. They could have not known their ass from the hole in the ground and thought it was five. <laughs> very true. <laughs> but if it's very clear, you would have to have a extremely poor... Uh, radio that had a very uh, bad ch uh, adjacent channel rejection, uh, and that's probably probably not the well. That uh, that's my opinion. Yeah, that's yours, apparently. <laughs> is it time to go to the time to go to the bathroom uh, for her, uh, Wendy? <laughs> apparently, the dog is here. So darn it. <laughs>
Oh, this is people. This is what people do when they're listening to the show. They just uh, yeah. holler at the holler at the radio that they're listening to. But anyway, yeah, I it's, always uh, blame it on the dog. Yeah, it's a uh, adjacent channel rejection. And if if it was very clear, then it, what they were on the same channel you were on. You were either on channel five or or they were on channel twenty. <laughs> yeah, it's it was just interesting for us. I mean, more importantly, was what they were saying, and it was more embarrassing for me because i felt like these people that we had on the trail they're brand new they have no idea you know they've never been on dirt they've bought a brand new jeep this dealership has it set up to retake them on a basic trail ride um we're just kind of showing them what their jeeps can do and then to have all this chatter it was like and we couldn't even talk back to them to say hey guys you know stop doing it or whatever but and everybody's entitled to their opinion i'm not going to say we don't all talk about things like that but we usually aren't on the radio saying that and it was just interesting to me to have that happen. So. Well, there's another alternative to why they couldn't hear you, and it could be, and this is this is largely due to some um, miscommunication or uh, just flat out lies by the industry talking about um, uh, privacy channels. And mm-hmm. you stated very clearly and very accurately that no matter what channel you're on, or if you think you're by yourself, or you got the privacy channel turned on. Everybody can hear you. The only people that mm-hmm. can't hear you whenever you're using tones or the quote-unquote privacy channel is you can't hear other people on the same channel. So <laughs> if you think the privacy channel means encrypted or only those people <laughs> that have that code on are going to be able to hear you, wrong. It keeps you from hearing other people. There is no privacy. And in fact, it's a, it's against the FCC rules and regulations to encrypt transmissions or have uh, private conversations on the radio. It's supposed to be clear uh, and open communication, so you know the FCC can hear what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, unless you, if you want something private, you're going to have to get into encryption, and that gets into things illegal and touchy. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's people that don't like that kind of stuff. And I'm sure I've mentioned this before, Wendy. The but I'll, I'll mention it again for for folks out there uh, that may not know this: the Bofangs are illegal to use on GMRS. Are you going to get caught? Are you going to get a a, 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 a uh, not a bill, a, uh, a citation from the FCC? Probably not, but they are not type accepted for GMRS. You have to have a radio that is specifically type accepted, accepted for GMRS radios. And this is so one of the ones... At the risk of going down a rabbit trail too deeply, uh-huh. uh, what, what, what does that mean, that the type accepted? And, and, and exactly why can't you use a, a, a Baofeng the, uh, on GMRS? It means the FCC has blessed it for use on GMRS. And it's the same thing for CB, the same thing for all the other services. The only is it a watch the thing, or or uh, what? What specifically are they are they uh, cranking down on, or or the the reason why they can't do it? I mean, because it seems like it can't be just the case or the or the color of the plastic that they use or the length of the antenna. It's got to be something more more to that. It just hasn't been tested for use on GMRS. It's not. Wow. It's not. Uh, so, it's not. Uh, you cannot use it legally to transmit. You can listen all you like. You cannot we, use it to transmit. But we bought these and also paid the license. These are specifically for that. So well, maybe there's certain. Is it? Well, it, you said the five uh, five VU UV yeah, 5G. UV five G. Um, I'll, I'll check. They may have a GMRS radio now, but the the UV five anyway is not type accepted for GMRS. I think that's what the G is. It's 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 locked into those GMRS uh, uh, frequencies or something like that. I think the the UV five F or something is the FRS frequencies or something. I can't. I, there there's. I think that there there is some method to the madness. Oh, and I've, just, I've heard about 
GMRS Baofeng specific. And just so you know, it doesn't matter if you have the license or not. You can still, uh, if you're if the radio is not type accepted for the the band or the service that you're using, it doesn't matter if you have a license or not. That just makes it easier for them to find you. Oh. <laughs> and give you a give you a ticket. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be looking into that because we wouldn't want to be doing something illegal, of course. But well, well like I said, it's so weird. The, the and Josh brings up a point. It's like I don't think that the the, the Bofangs are necessarily a a bad radio. They just haven't been type accepted. And uh, if they're not, uh, well, it does say the the UV five uh, G. Uh, GMRS handheld radio for adults. So it, it may be uh, type accepted. That might be a model that's type accepted. But for you guys that don't understand the difference in models, if you just have a, like a UV5 or one of the low-end uh, $20, $30 uh, Bofangs, uh, you need to make sure it is type accepted for GMRS. Otherwise, it is illegal to transmit on the GMRS frequencies. Well, you learn something new every day on the Jeep Talk Show. Thank you. <laughs> Well, do you have a topic or suggestion for newbie nuggets? I'd sure like to hear from you. You can also get more information on our YouTube channel at Trails 411. We've got lots of tricks, tips, techniques, and some great YouTube channels, too. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you're here? Gladiator. So I don't know if you guys have ever had the, noticed this, and, and Wendy, I don't know if the, the JK, JKUs do this, but I found out recently on the Gladiator, you know how you can uh, unclip your, your visor, fold it down, block some of the sun, or, uh, you know, something that, that helps you to see better because it's now the sun's coming in your eyes. Well, sometimes the sun can be over to your left uh, as mm -hmm. a driver, and you want to fold down and move that thing over. Well, you, the, the visor is only just so long and it may not cover yeah. up everything for you. Did you know that you can actually slide the visor back, pull it towards you? And yeah, it, it doesn't happen on ours, but definitely the Chevy has it. Oh, does it? <laughs> so, okay. I've never yeah. seen anything like this before. It's but, so cool. Yeah. And you can slide the thing back at like a good uh, six, eight inches, I would guess. And uh, now you have a, a lot more cover on that side to block any sun that may be coming in from the uh, from the left side of the vehicle. And the, the passenger side uh, does the same thing, which makes sense. But, you know, Jeep has done things with one side and not the other before. So it's uh, it's good to know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you just uh, fold it down, unclip, rotate uh, left or right, depending on if you're driver or passenger, and pull back. And now uh, you got a lot more cover there. Did uh, Josh, I'm pretty sure that the XJ doesn't do that. Uh, and I don't think your Scrambler does that, does it, uh, Chuck? No, but I do have, <laughs> I do, I do have visors, which is kind of a neat oh, thing for CJ. Wow. Do you have to move the visor out of the way to work the, uh, the, the windshield wipers, the little knob up there to turn it back and forth by your hand? No, the, you just reach your hand out the door and grab the windshield wiper itself <laughs> and just swing it back and forth. It's totally fine. So a reach around is what you're saying. God yes. I'm, I'm a huge, huge advocate for reach arounds. Yes. <laughs> So you know, I can't. I can't remember if it was. Uh, I know it's not the XJ. I can't remember which vehicle it was now, but had a a a little 
uh, flap that slid out from inside of the visor itself towards the center uh, of the vehicle. And so you could you could actually block the little bit of space between the two visors where they behind the rearview mirror to get an actual full bar of blockage all the way across the wind, uh, window. But of course, if you were to be blocking the sun coming out from the side of you, uh, that little flap would pull out to block that little bit of sun that was coming in right at your peripheral. Uh, where most visors don't, uh, th- they don't go far enough. Uh, and I can't remember which freaking car it was that uh, that had that that I've owned over but the you, years. But but you know, but most of the luxury cars today. So I'm sure the Grand Wagoneer and all those guys probably have that. Oh, Pretty much any car that's like newer today. Four, it probably is origami yeah. or something. It oh, pulls out exactly. like three different ways. That it's like a transformer. Exactly. You just say, Jeeves, yeah. the sun is in my eyes. And the gla- <laughs> it takes care of it oh, for you. Automatically it for tracking you. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think uh, with the XJ, that's it's aftermarket. If you have an alarm system or anything that opens the... Uh, well, I guess actually you can... Uh, you, they come with uh, door unlocks. But as far as sure, but as far as starting the the XJ, it's always a key in a hole. Uh, uh, is it push start on the on the JK, uh, Wendy? No push button. We have a or key. It key. It goes in there. Key. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The way God intended. Um, That's right. <laughs> it's a confusing thing when you get a, a new a new Jeep, a JL or a, yeah. But a but now with uh, <laughs> with Don's Jeep because his is newer. His is definitely push to start, and it's funny because when we're on a trail run with him. And he's looking at a obstacle or something. I'm like, hey, I'll just go move your Jeep for you. Oh, wait, I need to get that darn fob because <laughs> yeah, it won't yeah. run. You go to put it, you go to start. It's like the key fob has left the vehicle. Yeah, I know that. He's over there. He's just right here. <laughs> I still want to change it to Elvis. I still want to stay. <sighs> Elvis has, has, has left the vehicle. Left the, I think you could probably program that. On <laughs> Somehow, yeah. I need yeah. to contact uh, the Taser Mini people. Yes. Uh, and say, I need to do some programming. That's a Jeep Talk Show million dollar idea right there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was concerned with uh, when I got this. It's like okay, well I've got the fob and it knows the fob's in close proximity to I guess the the start button. Well, what happens when the fob doesn't work? I you mean, guess what? You don't start. Yeah, <laughs> you're done. I mean, that's the problem with this electronics. You're done. Well, I'm here to tell you, and and you'll need to know this if you're moving uh, Don's uh, Don's uh, jail. Yeah. Uh, you can start the uh, the the Jeep, the JL or the JT by taking the dead FOB battery is dead in it or even removed, and taking it and using the fob to press the button to start the Jeep. You mean Versus not your finger, your the actual fob? That's right. You use the end of the fob. You know where the key would pop out. You know how you can pop yeah. out the, the key thing. Don't pop it out, but just using the 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 nose of the key fob. You press the start button and it will start the Jeep. That's how they get around that. All the criminals now, they just need to have a tool that looks like that and they can just push it in. Oh, it's not AI. It's not looking, oh, he's got a fob. He can start it. No, it has the chip inside of it, but it's just not being being activated by the battery. It's not... Okay, it's not transmitting from a distance. You, like It's right there touching. Correct. Okay, so it's, I got you. it's probably like RFID or something, and then you get it close to the thing that can induce some electricity into it, and then it responds, and then it says, oh, okay, I've got a fob here, and I'll start. I, I don't got know it. what happens as far as that message that comes up saying Elvis has left the vehicle because obviously the, <laughs> the fob isn't working. I would assume that it, it knows that if you started the, the vehicle that way that, that disables that it- message. It must. Yeah, I'm hoping but that's, so. But that's good to know because 
I mean, how long does a battery last? It depends on how many times you use it, I would suspect. Yeah, so, I think so. How long does it last? You don't know. And if you get stuck thinking that you have a dead battery, you at least could still start your vehicle and get yourself to the store to buy new batteries. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yep. And uh, at least for the, the FOB for my 2021 uh, uh, Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, uh, the battery is a CR2450. And it might be a good idea to get one of these. They're about $9 from Amazon for uh, 10 of them. So that's uh, less than a dollar a piece. That's a lot of batteries. Yeah, it is. Um, but I mean, you, you, can buy, you can buy one for six, you know? So I figured let's get 10. Even if they go bad, it's still a good deal. Um, it's a lithium battery, so it probably has a pretty good long shelf life. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I would and, think. And every vehicle has, uh, has two, uh, two, two fobs. So, you know, you'll need one for each one potentially. Um, so the freezer, it'll last forever. So, uh, Chuck, one of the, one of the things that I was kind of concerned about when you went to go test drive the gladiator, uh, a, a few months ago now, I was a little concerned, uh, due to your, uh, five foot 11 stature that you might have trouble uh, yeah. fitting into the gladiator since they don't let the, the seats go back very far. Well, I say five eleven cause that's what he tells everybody when they say, Hey, how tall are you? Oh, I'm just five eleven. So anyway, uh, but you didn't have any problem uh, with uh, with the legroom and the Gladiator, if I remember right. So the I test drove one with my wife about three years ago, and I got in it to put the seat back, and uh, it was already back. And I thought, oh, this is terrible. Something has happened between then and now, where the ones that I went and took a test drive in just a couple months ago, it was not bad. But uh, I did talk to somebody about what you're about to talk about right now, and uh, I would definitely get it. Yeah, yeah I thought this was... But it was pretty tight. It was pretty tight, yeah. I thought this was really cool, and uh, I didn't know about this until just uh, really relatively recently, that you can actually change out the, the mounts for the seat and gain an additional five inches of leg room. Now, wow. I'm sure there's, oh, and, and by the way, this is available but for you too, uh, Josh. They, they have this available for the XJ. They have this available for the JK, even TJs mm. that you can put these things in. Now, there may be other manufacturers, and you guys help me with the, the, uh, the pronunciation on this. I mean, I'm thinking it's like Bish, but like Mish with M-I. Mish. 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 Sounds like Mish. Mish. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it might be Mish, but yeah. I, it's probably Mish. Yeah. Uh, so it's the Mish uh, 4x4, 5-inch big boy seat brackets, uh, driver side. And, and I think they do have uh, passenger side for all of them as well. But uh, it gives you an additional 5 inches of leg room for your Jeep Gladiator. And unfortunately, it's about $200 online. I, I mean, everything's more expensive these days. But it's uh, sure. M-I-S-H, I'm sorry, M-I-S-C-H 4x4 or 4x4.com. Well, I screwed that up like three times. So uh, just check our show notes out uh, for this episode and uh, episode 726, and you can get the link there. But uh, this thing would give you, uh, and this is one of the things I think Dan at the 4x4 Radio Network actually complained about the Gladiator just didn't give him enough legroom. And I know he's not as tall as, uh, as, uh, as Chuck, so I'm a little surprised you didn't have more problems with it than you. Than, I figured that was going to be your biggest complaint about the Gladiator after test driving it, but, but it wasn't as far as I it's recall, other than it being too expensive. It is the only complaint that I have. But my my scrambler has longer leg room because we you know custom did the seat brackets and everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the the Gladiator is not incredibly comfortable with leg room for a guy that's five eleven. Yeah. Yep. So uh, and they, what are you really about what six three six four? Yeah. Yeah. Two sixty. How about well? How about Josh? Yeah. Are you six foot two, Josh? Yeah, I'm six two. 
I, I, I used to be 6'3", but after my back surgery, I'm more like 6'2 and a half. So this is great uh, information for you guys that maybe were looking at a gladiator. You tested a one, you said, oh, I don't, I don't have enough room for this. Now, keep in mind, they, they limit how far you can push that seat back because you got passengers potentially behind you. So, uh, but, you know, I would say 99% of the time, you're not going to have people riding with you in the back seat. And the, the person yeah. that needs to be the most comfortable <laughs> is the driver. Yeah. Well, the other thing I was going to suggest is maybe we can get them on the show for an interview, a roundtable, and maybe they'll offer some kind of a discount for the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And that might help. Well, I, so. I, I would say just uh, during the, the course of, uh, of this discussion, uh, I have found uh, that Mish sells just the driver's side bracket. So if you don't have any interest, I mean, say you're, you know, you're 6'5 and your wife is you know 5'3". Why do you need to move the passenger seat back, you know, that far? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't. You, you know, it's, it's your Jeep. You do 99% of the driving. You're the one that needs that seat moved back. Uh, they, make a, they make the kits available for just the driver's side only uh, so that you can only move just one seat back and, and obviously save yourself about half the cost. So uh, there, there are options out there. Uh, just dig around a little bit. Did, did, does it say that, Josh? Because when I looked at it, it was for one side, $200. Uh, well, I, I know that both Extreme Terrain uh, and uh, um, uh, who was the other one I saw just a, a minute ago? Uh, well, I know. Anyways, Extreme Terrain sells uh, sells just the driver's side. So if you, if what was the you, I mean, maybe not from Mish directly, but right. I was ninety two dollars and thirty. Oh, that's good. That's great. So yeah, that sounds like the one I was looking at must have been for both sides. That's great because I thought two hundred bucks uh, for one side was kind of high. Yeah, but see, no, as you a listener, wait, as a listener, you're already getting a discount. We've already figured it out for you. <laughs> we somebody read the instructions. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to. Yeah, that's great. Excellent. So that's a little uh, some little tidbits for your gladiator or if you're thinking about getting one, maybe you were being uh, held back because you just didn't have the leg room. Well, there you go. Oh, and uh, you know Chuck mentioned he uh, made his own uh, brackets so he could get more leg room. There's nothing says that you can't do the same thing here. Yeah, I, I, I literally made these for the Scrambler. I didn't use these, but it's the same prompt process. And I only did the driver's I mean, side, yeah. not the passenger. There's no reason to put the passenger side back. Oh, and if you're what nobody you over Chuck? there. Chuck, what'd you use? Eighth inch or 316th steel? Yeah, I just used 316th plate. That's there all I did. And I just, when I welded it on there, you know, I mean, you have to gusset it, of course, because you can't yeah. just flop back there for six inches. And then I just took, um, gosh dang it, what kind of bolts are those that are like, they have rounded heads, but they're, they're square on the inside. They're, um, oh, uh, torque? Carriage bolts. Decking. Carriage bolts. So I just used a small carriage bolt, put it in there, welded it, and ground it off so it's flat. So it still slides up and down the tracks, right? So when there you, you bypass that six-inch deal, it just goes right past it. So when you want to put, you know, like I put uh, my duffel bag and stuff like that behind the driver's seat and then push the driver's seat back and smash it you know really the duffel bag just goes away but it's got all your camping clothes in it for the weekend and yep that's all i did is real simple well there you go uh with our gladiator uh, segment for this week and uh, hopefully i will have some uh, more interesting things for next week yeah stay tuned to a future episode of the jeep talk show i might go ahead and do a little bit more research and bring uh, one of these uh, mish seat brackets into uh, one of our must-have pick of the week for your jeep segments so uh, I, I think this is a good find tony we'll have to uh, dig around a little bit see if we can't uh, find a find the best deal out there for our jeepers oh and if uh, your significant other is like five two or something you push the seat all the way back and you can just watch her dangle her little feet 
there in front of the seat trying to get to the pedals. Now, wait a minute, because those passengers <laughs> might want to be drivers one day. So, you know. I was going to say, what if, you, what if you flip this thing around? Uh, can you mount it backwards and push that seat all the way up against the Pulling dash? Forward. <laughs> Oh, and at the great time would be also take the battery out of the fob and just watch her try yeah. to try to reach the button to start the Jeep guys, while she's slid you all the way back. You guys are horrible. Oh my gosh, you guys are horrible. Guys are- <laughs> From the mind of Nikki. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for, I don't know, years now. And I figure, like, time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out. And, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on. Because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit? You know, I'm going to switch gears a bit here. We normally uh, uh, beg for you guys not to be uh, rat bastards. Don't listen to the show for free. (laughs) Check that dog, Wendy. Uh, So, (laughs) so, uh, but this time I'm going to ask you to go out there and help us uh, uh, get a word of mouth going for the show. We have the ability to allow you to get some uh, ad images that we've been creating uh, simply by going to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, scroll on down there and look for uh, social media share. You can click on that and a whole bunch of, uh, I think, really interesting uh, images will come yeah, up. you said it right there. That's a good word, Tony. Interesting. <laughs> that you will be able, well, they're eye-catching, wouldn't you say, Josh? Indeed. No, uh, they, they are very well put together. Uh, definitely eye-catching. Vivid colors. S- strange. Well strange looking at some at some. There parts. are some. <laughs> some <laughs> but, it, I, but it goes like, what the hell is that? You know, but anyway, you can actually use those images to help promote the Jeep Talk Show. So just grab that image, post it on Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, hell, Pinterest, which you know how I feel about Pinterest. Uh, I don't care. Uh, and just remember to use the hashtag Jeep Talk Show and uh, maybe put the uh, the website information in there too, jeeptalkshow.com. Well, I was going to ask you, Tony, so those images, they, they don't link to anything, right? So people need to put in the Jeep Talk Show hashtag or the jeeptalkshow.com. Right. Website. No, it's right. just it's just an image. There's no hot spotting or anything in there because that, that okay. I think that went away years ago. So yeah, you do need to put something there in the the text of the uh, uh, of the message. But hell, just posting up the image is uh, is more than what we're getting now. So uh, we're trying to grow the show and uh, trying to get more listeners like you. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and you guys talked about the Jeep Parade in Maggie Valley. That's going to be about a half mile long. I can tell you that parade will be exiting and entering Maggie Valley all at the same time. It's that small of a town. Uh, I would love to go up there and participate in that, but unfortunately, I've had a little bit of uh, legal problems with uh, up in Maggie Valley. It's, it's a real small town. They have three officers and uh, one canine unit. And yeah, even the dog had a beef with me. And I've been told that North Carolina is big enough that I, there's no need for me to come back. And after my court date, I will be glad to tell you guys all about it. Well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that there's no such thing as vampires. 
Yeah, unless you count Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys and girls, I'll chat later. You have a good one. Bye. You know you want to. (laughs) 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 One, two, three. I saw oh, a video. Oh my god! I saw a video today where uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus uh, cursed on Sesame Street. <laughs> she messed oh, up her no. line, and, really? and it was like Elmo or somebody said she said a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious, and and those pu- those puppeteers were about knee level with her, by the way. You know, because they're down below. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> That's just had to be uncomfortable. <laughs> All right, this is a really good interview, and I'm glad these interviews are kind of coming quicker. Uh, we we stopped interviewing people six months ahead of the publishing date. Uh, this one wasn't that long ago when, when I did this one, so I can I can remember it. So we're going to be talking with Dave Ladd of GoArmorLight.com. Uh, and Wendy, how is the the floor in your Jeep? Has it been changed, or are you still running the carpet uh, in the in the JK? No, we've changed it. We have floor mats in there. Is it just floor mats, or is it something covers wall to wall like the like the the carpet does? It actually covers. It doesn't go up on the sides, but it covers completely. It has like a little well, so when you're in the snow or water, you know you're dripping on that. But you, it doesn't going all over the Jeep. Mm-hmm. This ArmorLight stuff at GoArmorLight.com. It is a complete uh, new interior for the flooring, mm. and it cool. it does not smell whenever it gets wet. And oh, it, bonus! And yeah, and it okay. knocks and it knocks down all the noise and the heat. It, it, I was Ooh. very impressed with this, and I started looking at it for my wife's TJ uh, because we've had that carpet wet on a few occasions. And man, well, you ever, anybody that's got uh, the carpet wet in a Jeep knows the smell, and it, it lasts yeah. for quite a while. Yeah. So this stuff, and you can get just the front piece, uh, just the back piece, or the whole thing, including uh, the area behind the seat. Uh, it gets it gets pretty pricey as you can well imagine, but it's a, a great off road addition uh, to your Jeep. And uh, check it out and uh, listen to uh, the interview this Friday on uh, December 9th. GoArmorLight.com. You must have needed this every day. I need it. It's the Jeep Talk Show's must have stuff pick of the week for your Jeep. Oh, I, I like this one. I should I should probably do this one uh, at least the first uh, sentence or so in my movie voice. <laughs> From the makers of the wraparound center console pocket and the between the seat and center console pocket comes the door beverage pocket. This summer. <laughs> I know, right? Now, one of the biggest was, complaints of Jeep owners up to about 1997 was the lack of cup holders. I was going to say now cup mod- holders. <laughs> yeah. Now, modern day vehicles have no less than 24 of them strewn throughout oh, the cabin. God, yes. it's crazy. Now, that's not it's crazy. To say, that's not to say that the uh, the current generation of Wranglers don't already have enough cup holders. But what if you're a JK owner out there and you like to use your cup holders for something else? Maybe a coin dish, a key holder, or maybe you've converted a cup holder into a switch panel. I've seen it done. Regardless, maybe you just want more places to put your tumbler of juicy juice. Enter the Savid, uh, Savitikar DP3 front door storage pockets. Easy for you to say. This is an all-new design that uh, took the failures of the previous snap-in models and added screw-in installation points for the most secure fit ever. No messy glue, 
No crappy double-sided tape that doesn't stick anyways. Simply use the screws that hold in that crappy net pocket that you don't use anyways. Ditch those sagging net pockets and add some extended storage and a place to put a beverage all at the same time. Made from injection molded ABS plastic, finished with an OEM textured look, and is resistant to abrasion and fading and comes with a one-year warranty. All for less than $27. That's amazing. Looks like a great little piece based on the pictures here in the show notes. Did you say net? Uh, uh, nets. <laughs> yes, he said net. I did say, I did say net. net. I, said, I think I said net twice or net pocket. Oh my <laughs> gosh, Tony, you did yeah. not go there. <laughs> I was just like, well, you know, it's like being on the, uh, the, the flight and they ask everybody if they want peanuts or not. And it's like, speak slowly. Um, so are you guys familiar with that netting? I don't know if this is on the JK or not, uh, Wendy, but that netting gets all stretched out. Yeah, yeah we, that's uh, a very, the, very common. Point yeah, it's strange yeah. with all the design and stuff that the Jeep has gone on into. It's almost like you don't want to use those nets to hold anything because they're going to get yeah. all stretched out. I mean, nothing shy of a of a of a map, anyways. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, that's about all those things are good for. You know, maybe a used piece of tissue or something. Uh, but yeah, you know, oh, you can't you could put anything of <laughs> yeah, you couldn't put anything of substance behind those things. And, and I mean, you buy any uh, JK used JK out there that that has anything over fifteen thousand miles on it, and and that net is going to be stretched out. I don't I don't care who you are. So I'm thinking this might actually help that situation. Uh, certainly, yeah. you, you have a place to tuck it all. Yeah. <laughs> so in, no, in, the, sure. in the pictures. In the pictures that they that they uh, that we'll have in uh, in the show notes for this episode at JeepTalkShow.com, they show the net still installed. I would uh, go ahead and just yank and or uh, cut that thing out. Yeah. There is one screw point uh, that holds that in. Uh, this is where uh, the, a couple of the screw points that holds that in uh, is where where this thing actually screws into as well. So you're not going to be putting any holes in your door that aren't already there. Uh, let's put it that way. So uh, this this goes ahead and you yank that that net pocket out, put this thing in its place. Part of it snaps into place. Part of it screws into place. Now you can slap in that big gulp, no problem at all. Here you go. You know, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the the interview I did with uh, model uh, the water bottle, the modular water bottle. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's I wonder. Right. I wonder yeah. I wonder if it would fit in there because that'd be really cool if you could put one of those things in there with the water you know, filter and the hose. <laughs> that's one thing that I, I I was trying to find some information on. I was even looking at customer reviews and stuff like that. I can't find out what the diameter of that of the the pocket is. Now, obviously, it it tapers a little bit. There's an upper lip that looks like it has a little bit more uh, open air. I mean, obviously, it's at least going to be able to fit a can, you know, a 12-ounce can or something like that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, tall boy, you know, something like that. So most tumblers are are based off of that that lower diameter design. They'll maybe flare up a little bit. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that you'll be able to find some sort of a uh, of a container that's going to drop in there perfectly. May may even be insulated and stuff like that. That'll work out for you. Become your new your your, your new Jeep cup, if you will. That's what they ought to do is make that stuff out of uh, uh, koozie uh, material or putting some koozie material in there. So it would, uh, Oh, you might be honest. Stay, to stay cold or of, stay warm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of super glue, some hot glue or something like that. Just insulate the damn thing yourself. Mm -hmm. hey, you might be onto something there. I, I think I got your first mod right there, Tony. <laughs> oh, well, another, right there. Uh, another million dollar cheap talk show idea. So, uh, <laughs> and if you guys are trying to think of a way, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, check out that uh, model uh, modular uh, water bottle. It's really, really cool idea. Uh, but you can, I know that comes with straps or you can buy straps for it. You could actually tie it to the headrest behind you and run that hose around and, uh, and uh, suck on water or vodka all day long. Passenger side only. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And generally, you want the passenger drunk anyway. <laughs> yeah. So now this yes. particular one, the, the link that we're going to have in the show notes for this episode at JeepTalkShow.com will take you to uh, a link. Uh, will take you to where you can buy the uh, the version of this for the JK. Um, now they make a couple different versions of this. Obviously, for the JK JKU, it'll work two door or four door. Doesn't matter. Uh, this will fit for you. Uh, it is designed for the front doors. Uh, from what I can tell, I haven't heard anything about people trying to use these on the back doors. Uh, but that's not to say they couldn't be modified to work or may work already. I don't know. Uh, but at twenty twenty six dollars for a pair of these things, it might be worth the might be worth the experimentation if nothing else. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean. Uh, like I said, man, for, for less than $30 uh, to get yourself something like that, I mean, yeah, it's this is a no-brainer. Obviously, a must-have. You know, if you could get the 3D scan, uh, you could probably uh, 3D print one of these things uh, yourself for uh, 50 oh, or 60 yeah. <laughs> if you're 60 cents i mean no yeah, no no dollars after you buy the machine and the material oh, and all that stuff <laughs> everybody knows Just, somebody who's got a 3d printer now yeah <laughs> it's it's like god damn it i can build that buffer myself and 1500 dollars yeah. later <laughs> gonna cost you, well yeah, you remember uh oh god what was that episode 718 7 i can't remember which episode it was but we had that uh, uh it was the lazy waiver for you know those who don't yeah. want to do a cheap wave and you just glue this thing to your dash that was 3d printed yeah uh, and they're selling yeah. that thing on amazon left right and sideways so there you go <laughs> well jeeper now that you must have a set of these front door beverage holders and storage pockets for your own jkjk you are gonna make it easy for you just go to jeeptalkshow.com look for the link uh, for the show notes in episode 726 you get one for your very self Hey, and speaking of hooking yourself up with something, be sure to hook yourself up with the Jeep Talk Show newsletter. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now. You're going to find out all the different ways you can interact with us here at the show, of course, but you're also going to find that way to sign up for our newsletter, the Jeep Talk Show newsletter. It comes once a week. It comes from us, and in there, you're going to find all kinds of great information about what's happening here on the show, some inside information, some behind-the-scenes looks, and of course, who we're going to be talking to and when, what we're going to be giving away and when there's your inside information about how to uh, score some of those goodies that we're always giving away and of course you can also find information on how to join us for our round table episodes that we're recording live every single tuesday would you like to join in on the fun and 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 actually pal around with us as we record an episode you can even if this is your very first time listening to the show we invite you the jeeper to join us around the world's biggest roundtable of Jeepers for a live recording of the Jeep Talk Show. It happens every single Tuesday, and you can join in on the fun. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and sign up for the newsletter, and we'll see you next Tuesday for our roundtable episode. Well, Jeep, it looks like this episode of the Jeep Talk Show has come to the end of the trail. We've got another episode coming up right around the bend. Until then, be sure to sign up for the newsletter so you can join us next Tuesday. Looking forward to it, Jeeper. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. All right, if you want to completely ruin your childhood, lose all faith in humanity, I highly encourage you to go ahead and do a search for Prostitute Mickey Mouse on YouTube. Now, don't worry. Gosh. It, it, it's clean. I mean, clean like the underside of a back alley gutter rat's nutsack in Newark, New Jersey clean, but it's a great way to wipe the smile off of Aunt Karen's Botox face the next time she visits for the holidays. Oh, 
and there's a good five or six of them, so go ahead and put that on repeat on the big screen and enjoy. Podcasting since 2010. I know I've pissed off at least three people out there.